Father God, come and take these words. Uh, help me to try and express it well. Help us to be joyful and light and know more and more of your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, what do um, some rather bedraggled bits of parsley and some cleaner from Aldi have in common? Have you heard this talk? <laughs> it sounds like a squirrel, but I'm sure the answer is Jesus. Uh, that, yeah, those of you that have been around for a long time in the Christian world will have heard that joke before. Um, I'll leave those there, just hanging gently. Um, let me tell you about a friend of mine called Gary. Um, Gary, um, when I met him, was living in, the in a tent in the woods. Uh, he was a chronic alcoholic. We wanted him to come to our uh, kind of cafe that we were hosting in a church in the middle of Torquay. And uh, the only way that we could get him there was to sneak him into the church because he was asboed from the whole area. Um, and um, he used to come and eat the food and drink the coffee and uh, shouted at us. Um, eventually, uh, Gary became a Christian. And the first thing that Gary did was he got given accommodation. And he left his tent up in the woods for the next person who might need it. The person who moved in was Dale, and it was only about another three weeks before Dale came to faith. Um, what I want to talk about this morning is money. Please shut the doors. and um, It's going to be okay. Uh, uh, and if you're new or you're visiting, please be assured this, this is not what we do every week. But I've been here, we've been here for a year and a bit now. And so actually, we just need to have a money and a giving conversation. I, I hope that's okay. I mean, for, for when I mention the word money and giving, maybe what comes to mind is, is guilt and fear. Or maybe it's just a, a, a really good Pink Floyd song. Um, but the... But the response can be a reflection of, wha of what's in our hearts and what's going on. I, I know that for me and for me and for Meg, w we are, we've still got the old place thing. We're learning. Um, frankly, if I get stuff, my response is I want to keep it. And so it's then quite annoying, like if you get a you know, relatively new car and the Holy Spirit says, oh, that person could do with borrowing it. I'm like, yeah, you sure? You know, there's that heart response where, where I'm on a journey, and I'm, and I'm sure you are too. The Bible talks a lot about money. There are over 2,000 references dependent quite on what you can. And, yeah, exactly. A and this talk has got a little bit of a, um, a health warning. Um, it's called Living Generously or Live Generously. It's got a health warning in that some of you may, may disagree with what I'm about to say. Um, can I just say it's absolutely okay for you to be wrong. Uh, and for us to continue to be friends. And for us to continue to worship in the same church together. Uh, and actually, uh, more importantly, what I want to say is this. It is, is if what I'm about to say really riles you and you really do deeply think I'm wrong, can I just say I'm actually even more grateful that you're here? 
because you probably come, if that's you, with a particular wealth of Christian experience and wisdom and generosity over years that I am hugely, hugely grateful for. So it's great to have you here. And even if I can't persuade you at the end of this talk, I, I hope that we can still be friends. Is that okay? Is that the deal? Try to just think. Health warning over. Good. Um, so, sometimes Christians say this, that you should tithe to your local church. Is that slide still up? Okay. So, sometimes Christians say that you should tithe to your local church and that it should be a tithe of your income, that it should be 10%. So just some questions as we start. You know, is that 10% before tax or after tax? Uh, and are we, include, are we including NI and pension? Um, and, and what about if you haven't got pension? And anyway, where, where in the Bible does it actually say to do this? So, here's a verse that I've preached on, um, and this is a great one for preaching tithing, because you can really, you can really kind of crank it up, and you can make feel people feel incredibly bad, uh, and you can kind of back them into the corner and persuade them to give you your money. Because let's just note, just be transparent, okay? Part of what you give goes towards Meg and I's salary. So this is not an unloaded conversation. So, you know, if I could use this set of verses to push you all into a corner just to ensure that we can continue to get paid, that we can pay the rent, and that we can pay the other members of staff, that would be excellent. The problem is that this verse doesn't say any of those things, even though that's what it would use. So, if you would go with me, you're a new baby Christian, then this is going to mean something for you. And if you've been around the block for a while, this might be more difficult. But go with me, and wherever we land, do it joyfully and with grace. Okay? Good. Here's the thing. In the Old Testament, there are three sorts of tithing uh, that is... Uh, contained within the law of Moses. There's another sort as well, which is uh, the tithe of Abraham. Um, you really don't want to use the tithe of Abraham, where he gives um, to Melchizedek um, a tenth of his stuff as your reason for tithing to the local church. Can I tell you why? Hebrews is really clear that what, uh, what Abraham was doing was giving a tenth of his spoils of war. So my first question would be, uh, have you been to war recently? Because if you have, it would be great if you could give that to the local church. There's a bunch of things wrong with that whole conversation, yeah? So let's leave Abraham's tithing kind of over there somewhere, which leaves us with three. And these are, are talked about um, in, in the books of Moses, uh, in Numbers, and in Deuteronomy. Let me put up... Um, just one, one set of verses from Deuteronomy, which I will use just to illustrate all three. So you've got three sorts of tithing. 
festival tithe, the poor tithe, and the Lord's tithe. The festival tithe. So what's going on with the festival tithe? So the idea was this, that you had to bring a tenth of all the things that you had produced. So what were you going to do with them? You were going to give them to the local church so that they could employ a youth worker and pay the rent, right? problem is, that's not what the passage says. What the passage says is that we're to, or they, are to set aside a tenth of all that the fields produce, and then, having set it aside, what are you to do with it? You're to eat it. Okay? If you want to be faithful to Old Testament tithing, basically, it's the best bring and share lunch that you have ever been to. Why do I say that? The reason I say that is that tithing in these three categories, which are the Moses version of tithing in the Old Testament law, it's always food. It is never, ever money. Always food. So it's grain, it's um, wine, it's oil, it's, it's your firstborn of your um, cattle, and what you do is you bring all of that stuff and you go to a place that the Lord has told you to go to, and when you get there, you eat it, and you have a banquet, and it's fantastic, and you eat it in the presence of God. So it has got zero connection with giving to the local church. What it has got a lot of connection with is quiches and Doritos uh, brought to a bring and share lunch. However, you might say, Mark, but I know what comes next. What, it com- what comes next is if you can't get to the place where the Lord has appointed that you should eat this food, then you've got permission to trade what you have for silver so that you can travel more lightly to get where you need to go. Brilliant. So, Mark, I knew you were wrong. It's all about money, and that means that I can continue to give money to the local church. Well, the problem is, is that when you get there, What you have to do, according to the law, is trade your silver in for whatever food goods you would like to eat at the party. That's tithing. It's always food. It's at the point that God has, it's at the place that God has appointed. And what you have to do is you have to eat it in the presence of God. That's Old Testament tithing. Now, there's that's the festival tithe. There's also the poor tithe. So at the end of every three years, uh, what you're to do is to make sure that you have set aside enough so that everybody can be included in this meal. No one is left out. Not the Levites, not the priests, not the, uh, not the widows, not the foreigners. No one is left out. Everyone gets to join in, whether they were able to do this or not. And the third type of tithe is for the Levites, for the priests, for the tribe that were looking after a worship in the temple because they didn't have any of their own land in order from which to tithe from. Now, you might be saying, Mark, yeah, 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 but what we've done is we've translated this into the local church context. Well, in what way have you done that? Because in the Old Testament, it's, it's always food. It's always to be eaten in the presence of the Lord. 
whether it's the festival tithe, the poor tithe, or the tithe of the people. Oh, and you might say, well, Mark, well, you know, what I do is, is I can't quite manage to tithe uh, 10% at the moment, so I'm only tithing 5%. No, no, no. That doesn't work either. Can I tell you why? Do you know what a tithe is? It's 10%. So you can't tithe 5%. You can only ever tithe 10%. Am I making some sense? You know, what we can do is we can extract things from the Old, Ten- Old Testament and say, here's the principle that we are using in the New Testament as a New Testament church. The problem is the principle that we're trying to extract just isn't there in the text. It, it's just not. And, and you are allowed to disagree with me, as I have already explained. But let me come to Jesus. So Jesus, and you have to remember that this is before Jesus has been crucified. He is giving a really hard time to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And he's saying to them, look, you should have kept on doing this, which is tithing, even 10%. Um, You should keep on doing that, but that you should not neglect the more important things of justice. It's not actually 10%, it's about it's about 4%, 2%. So it's not even a tithe, sorry. If you want, it was fresh from the Sainsbury's yesterday. So actually I wouldn't be able to bring this because this is not my produce. I bought this from Sainsbury's. I know, I know. So confusing, isn't it? Where have we got to? <laughs> um, so the choice is this. Do you, do you want to live under law or do you want to live under grace? Did we get grace points? <laughs> that's where I want to live. And that's my heart in sharing this is that's where I want you to live too. Okay? So this is not, this is genuinely not me trying to persuade you to give to the local church. Although I am going to mention some numbers at the end. What I'm going to say is that this is between you and God. And it's for you to decide. Okay? So, Acts chapter 15, there's a whole conversation going on as to whether the Gentile Christians, those early followers of Jesus, have to obey all of the law of Moses, all of the ceremonial law. Essentially, did they, as Jeff mentioned so delicately the other day, Uh, Do they need to have their foreskins removed in order to be able to join in? Uh, And the conclusion, thankfully, is that they don't. Phew. Phew, some of you are saying. Instead, what the early church decides is that we should write to them and tell them to abstain from foods that have been polluted by idols or from sexual immorality and from the meat of strangled animals and from the blood of those animals. Aside, notice in here that sexual immorality is still included. The trajectory of the New Testament is not for a sexual free-for-all. It's for increased holiness. What do you want to do? Do you want to live under the law, in which case you've got to continue 
if you're going to be faithful to Old Testament tithing, to have a small farmstead, okay, because it's got to be your own stuff, and then you've got to commit to bringing a tenth of that uh, and to eat it in the presence of the Lord wherever he tells you to. So that's the law. Or do you want to live under grace? Romans says this, that we, for sin shall no longer be our master, because we are not under the law, but under grace. So let me remind you of this. Tithing in the Old Testament is always your homegrown food or drink. It's always to be eaten in the presence of the Lord. It's always a tenth. It can't be 5% or 11%. And not everyone tithes, but everyone enjoys a celebration. So, folks, what I, what I want to do is, is if, if tithing is part of your story, and if you want it to continue to be, that's okay. But I want to kind of shift our language so that we can stand in the fullness and the freedom of what I think that God has got for us and it's and it's giving it's a response to the graciousness of God the overflow of his heart into ours and the overflow of ours into the world see i would love i would love us to so shape a culture of generosity in this place that we saw things differently that we saw people differently that we saw people's needs. It is, yes, about how we handle money and how we give money, but it's also so much more. It's about our time. It's about our talents. It's about our resources set to work for the kingdom of God. And I want every single one of us to be able to be here guilt-free because the bar, as I'm about to kind of go through with you, is so gracious and so loving as he, as God expresses these things to us. So first of all, just a little note on um, finances at Westport Vineyard. If you do give financially to this place, or you have, or you do so regularly, thank you from Meg and I, and from the trustees, and from all the team here, and all of the folks that have come to know Jesus because of your giving. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, as we kind of come towards the end of the year, I am, I'm, ad, I'm advised by our amazing new treasurer, James, that, um, that the books are going to balance. Uh, so that is really good news. I'm, I'm not going to quote the numbers to you because the numbers are still in progress. But we hope that they're going to more than balance, actually, that there'll, there'll actually be some more money in the general fund. That's the kind of fund that sort of looks after the main sort of work of Westbrook Vineyard that there'll be more in it at the end of the year than there was at the beginning of the year. So that's great news. So thank you. Um, let me try and explain how I'd love us to break it down. So the choice is this. You can either, oh, we need to come back to um, the Robin Dodd one and just kind of finish tidying up and make sure we're, we're really clear that if you hear a preacher using this verse, that you do need to gently go and find them afterwards and just underline some things in there for them, like bring the whole tithe into where? Into the storehouse. And <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like someone's taking over. 
oh, yes, we have this thing called the storehouse. This is amazing. And last year, over 4,000. It's part of the giving. And some of that's from here. Some of that is from the wider community. And, it, and it's amazing. Um, it, the food is brought into the store. And please note, in the middle, the second green one, it, it's food. It's food. That's what this passage is about. And, and, and if you do this, yes, God is saying that then you'll be blessed. But what's going to happen is you'll be so blessed, there'll be so much food. Where? In the storehouse. Yes, yes. Do you, do you see the logic? We can't get from here, from this set of, this set of verses, to, you know, give, to the lo- give cash to the local church to employ the youth work. It just doesn't make sense. But what we can do is build a new foundation that is not under the law, but is instead under God's grace. You see, we can't build the house here. And it is the Lord that builds the house, not us. But we make our contributions. We can't build it on the basis of legalism. We can't do it on the basis of the law. We have to do it instead on the basis of God's grace. But that's our foundation. Because in there, there is freedom. There is joy. There is overflow. There is lightness. There's guilt-free faith. So what is this... um, what does building a house like this look like? Well, first of all, we have to remind ourselves that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2. John Altberg tells this wonderful story. By the way, if ever you credit, if you ever use the Nurse's story, it's really important. David will be back. Don't worry. Um, of a grandma and a grandson playing Monopoly. And every single time the grandma wins and the, and the grandson goes bankrupt. And the, and the grandson is really frustrated, so each time he, li- he, each time he goes and visits, he practices. And, and, and finally, after many, many occasions, he absolutely whops the floor with his grandma. She goes bankrupt. He's got Park Lane. He's got, you know, the, he's, he's raised the rents everywhere. Her grandma's gone bankrupt. Result. Grandma turns around and says to him, well done. You have learnt to play the game. Now learn the most important lesson of all. It all goes back in the box. It all goes back in the box, folks. We can't take any of this stuff with us. However much we accumulate or not, however shiny your golf clubs are, you can't take them with you. It all goes back in the law, in the box. You see, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So how are we to build on this foundation of grace, knowing that it's all God's, everything that we have anyway, not just a tenth, but the whole lot. The first thing is this, uh, we make a plan. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 16, verses 1 and 2 says this, Now about the collection for the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections have to be made. Folks, if you want to give... And it is between you and God. 
it's a really good idea to make a plan. Because if you leave it until the end of the month, I can pretty much guarantee that at the end of the month, there won't be a lot left. Okay? But if you decide at the beginning, if you've got this on standing order, you know, to here, we're incredibly grateful because it helps us. It helps us to plan. But if you, if that's, if that's, and it's, and it's kind of early in the month, then make sure when that, when that date clicks in your calendar, just give thanks. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to give. So make a plan. You can do it with standing order, or you can just come and um, use contact lists, or use the joy box. And use the joy box, by the way. You know, it's supposed to be joyful when you watch the pennies go in, or the pounds, or whatever it is. Um, there's a whole gift day thing. That's not what today's thing. The, the second thing is this. The second um, pillar, if you like, is that you decide. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 to uh, 15. I'm not going to read. I will read the whole lot. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly also reaps sparingly. Whoever sows generously also reaps generously. Each of you, hear this, should decide what to give in your heart. Not reluctantly. In other words, if you've decided to do it, crack on with it. And not under compulsion. Not because you've got me or Meg or the treasurer or one of the trustees going, you know what, we could really do with the money. Sometimes we're going to stand up and say that. But you should still decide in your heart what you're going to give. And you have to do it like this. Woohoo! I get to give. Come on. Yeah? When the standing order goes out of your bank or you put some money in the collection by here, we should have a little a woof woof button. Okay? So you can push it and go, yes, come on. I got to give some money. Or if you support someone else, or you give or if you give to to, to skew for his part, you should do it joyfully. It's not like yeah, Stu, I just don't know. I don't really want to do it, but Mark's had a happy. Well, I didn't actually. You choose. And if you're going to do it, do it with a bounce in your step. Do it joyfully. God loves a cheerful giver. You know, it's why quite early on we, we stopped passing the, the baskets around here. Because if you, if you come and visit here, I actually don't want the money thing to be the first thing that we do. And to have baskets be passed. If, if you want to give, that's fine. There's routes to be able to do that. But, uh, but we want there to be that freedom that actually what people meet is not a basket, but they meet Jesus. Um, I've completely run away on my memory. Um, I'm on the second pillar. Oh, yeah, we've got a, we've got a roof. It's the joy roof to complete the house. There you go. Um, so um, what about we, we did this one. Um, Oh, yeah, there's this one as well. I forgot about this. Before we get to that one, which is that, you know, if you struggle with the, with the joy and the response to grace, then, then don't start thinking about money. Don't even start thinking about serving on a team or, or doing any of that stuff. Simply start by going and hanging out with Jesus. And remember what he's, remember what he's done for you. Remember that he came in person that he took all of your sin and my sin and that he died on a cross for the sins of the whole world, that he was separate from his father so that we didn't have to. 
accepted us in him. He's given us a gift. Start in that place and see where he leads you. Uh, what, about, what about this stuff then? Well, I said there was a connection. So the connection is this. Actually, when we give, what we need to do is, is give to the ordinary. Okay? So I, 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 could, I could stand here and talk about the amazing work that this place does and, and the people that volunteer and the people that are paid and, and the people that walk into it. We need to pay the bills and we need to clean the loo. And that's not very glamorous. But, but it's this stuff that leads to the amazing. It's the clean loo that leads to the clean So don't be afraid just to give because you've decided to give. Not because we need to sell you an amazing yarn. You know, it's this stuff that leads to, you can just about, you, some of you have spotted it because I played this poster in the background. It's this stuff that leads to baptisms and people coming to know Christ. Um, I think I've kind of got to the end of, of what I was going to say. So um, if you stand, we're going to pray. I hope I hope that's helpful. I hope that's liberating and light. And I hope that you stop tithing and start giving. Yeah. And I hope I hope as well that you know if you can't give joyfully that what I'd prefer what we'd prefer you to do is stop. Yeah. Stop. Take some time. I'm sorry if you know this ruins your finances at the end of the year, right? <laughs> but you, but 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 we're supposed to be joyful, you know. So if it's not joyful, take time to pause and stop. Reconnect with Jesus and go and, and go and see what He says, where He leads. I, I I'm going to pray, and um, I'm just going to pray about this law and grace not just about the money for that. We can we can sit back under the law in so many areas of our life. We can sit in that place where we're disconnected from the presence of God, where we're slaves to that. And he's made us to be free. Okay? Holy Spirit, you know you know those places for each of us. Where we're where we're bound rather than free. Where we're living a just-in version of the kingdom rather than the fullness of what you've given to us. And I pray freedom and provision. Provision for all of the folks that are here and provision for this place that you would awaken in us such a generosity of heart in response to you, that we would see as you see, that we'd give as you give, that we'd live as you live.